house looks just like the one next to it. And the one next to that. And the one next to that. A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. <laughs> you are so obnoxious. With their three children. And something more. Remember last night? Do you remember when you woke up and you said yeah. you were here? Uh huh. Well, who did you meet? Who's here? TV people. Something's funny going on here next door. Something, uh. We were wondering if maybe you had experienced any disturbances lately. What kind of disturbances? I don't know what hovers over this house. is a frightening new threshold into a world within our own. Its form is revealed. What is it? Its focus is clear. And the games are over. what scares you they're coming to get you they're coming for you barbara they're coming to get you welcome back to the coming to get you i'm one of your hosts brent trahune and joined by gavin eddings i hit my microphone i do believe <laughs> Perfect way to start. It, it could have been you or a poltergeist. Could have been a poltergeist, which is German for noisy ghost. Is that what that means? That is what that means. I, I looked it up. I was like, what does poltergeist mean? And it, apparently it stands for noisy ghost, which which makes it sound less threatening. Yeah. Uh, where it's just like a, a, a ghost who's just bumping into pans and shit. Just yeah. <laughs> It could be a noise. It's, it might as well just be a drunk roommate who <laughs> like you're sleeping on the couch and he's aware that you're sleeping. So he's like fumbling, being like, oh, shit. Sorry. Like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm just I, I got off work late. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> man. Do you mind if I mind if I turn my music up? It's yeah. 3 a.m. Poltergeist. Yeah. We just yeah. go to bed. You mind if I just do everything that's loud right now? <laughs> sorry, bro. I, I meant to vacuum earlier during the daytime when it's appropriate, but right <laughs> now is really, I'm really vibing with some vacuum. <laughs> well, and you and I also chose a unique recording location. Uh, a former uh, cemetery is where we're, you know, they've <laughs> since they've moved the bodies, thankfully, or they, you know, at least the headstones. So yeah. we're going to record here. Yeah. We, we really found this really nice housing development lot. It's going to be a real up and coming neighborhood. Just imagine your kids in 20 years mm -hmm. looking over this amazing view. <laughs> uh, and also, how did I not start the podcast with we're here? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Got to talk about drunk roommates instead. Yeah. Then we so, would have been a bunch of hacks. No doubt. Anyway, I know. Kevin. I know. But we got to. We, we have a reputation and standards to live up to. Mm -hmm. And that is why, why we did the we're here bit <laughs> five minutes in. Uh, so Poltergeist, what is your experience with this movie? Had, did you watch it as a small boy or as an adult boy? Uh, I watched it as a grown ass man, Gavin, <laughs> probably two years ago was my entrance into this movie. So I, I, this is one movie that you've kind of seen. Uh, without seeing as far as the parodies and mm -hmm. you know there's a family guy whole family guy episode that deals with this movie scary movie two deals with this movie heavily 
so then I had to go back and and re and paint the rest of the movie in after seeing it on so many other uh, movies and shows like that. So this is not a, a movie that I hold near and dear to my heart, uh, but I do think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's not what I hold near and dear to my heart either. I watched it for the first time about two, three years ago as well. Mm-hmm. It was just one that always kind of escaped me. It wasn't one that I was ever really seeking out. I know uh, growing up, uh, I-, I was raised Mormon. So you can't, when, when, when you're Mormon, you can't watch a lot of, you can't watch R-rated movies. That's like mm-hmm. a thing you can't do. So whenever uh, people would have sleepovers, the only horror movie they could get is like M. Night Shyamalan stuff or Poltergeist yeah. because mm-hmm. this movie's rated PG. Uh, so that was my experience. I never really watched it then. Uh, I finally watched it on, on Netflix like three years ago and it's fine. I think mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's a good movie. I, I don't, it's, it's by no means, it, I didn't have my life changed by it. I know there's one podcast where the girl on there is always like, Poltergeist is my absolute favorite. And it's like, oh, okay, that's fun, I guess. But it's it's by, by no means one of my favorites. And I think I probably saw the, the, the original after maybe I saw the remake when it was in, <laughs> I saw it in theaters or just, you know, producer wife and I tend to, if there's a horror movie out that kind of looks okay, we go see it. So, uh, and I, I couldn't tell you much about the, the remake. I assume it's very much similar. Yeah. To this. I knew more about uh, Poltergeist just from uh, back in the early 2000s. E, the E network did a documentary called the curse of Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. So I became more familiar with the curse and we'll, and we'll, Get into all that here in a little bit but I, I was more familiar with the idea of the curse of poltergeist than actually the movie itself or what anything like happened in the movie mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was more familiar with, with, with the behind the scenes comings and goings well uh poltergeist came out uh, june 4th 1982 directed by toby hooper so we're finally revisiting a director on this show and finally i mean nine episodes in but really, did Toby Hooper really direct it, though? Because there is some behind-the-scenes drama that he was he, he was there, but Steven Spielberg basically ghost-directed this. Oh, oh, yeah. We'll have more on that later, actually. <laughs> no, it was teasing. <laughs> we, we do have a budget of $10.7 million and a box office of $121.7 million. Yeah, it made a lot of money, and it's one of those... Movies that is definitely iconic for the 80s. Like yeah. during that 80s horror, it may not get as much attention as this, as certain slashers like The Shining. Fr- yeah, the, the Shining Friday the 13th. But as just a pure spooky ghost movie, it, it does a good job. And I can't recall a lot of ghost movies coming out in the 80s. It was mainly a lot of slashers. Yeah, probably slashers to facilitate the uh, the bare teat. <laughs> yeah zero zero breasts in poltergeist <laughs> therefore we didn't watch it we, we no, turned off you. halfway through we're like no mm-mm. there's a <laughs> site very much like rotten tomatoes that shows you how many boobs are in a movie and that's how i choose uh to decide what i'm gonna watch i think the scariest thing in this movie were the three construction workers that day that cat called a, a teenage <laughs> girl at the house where she lives and also <laughs> kind of knows the parents. I don't know. They were okay with it. Like, like the mom was just like, <laughs> look at my daughter getting sexually harassed yeah. on our property. Boys and will be boys. <laughs> these grown ass men will be grown ass creep men. Yeah. She's on the way to school, dude. I know. It's not she, like she has her books in like a book belt. Like you clearly <laughs> say, you clearly see that she's got her Lisa Frank and is ready to learn. Yeah, she's 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 reading that mouse book with the on the motorcycle, <laughs> whatever that's called. <laughs> the, the mouse and the motorcycle. Yeah, god damn it. That's what I'm saying, Gavin. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he wore a ping pong ball as a helmet. <laughs> I re- god, you've unlocked a core memory, Brent. <laughs> You're no welcome. <laughs> this podcast is clean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for like, I was like, where's the nudie? When's Zelda Rubenstein about to show a little side boob? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen much, much to my dismay. Uh, wh- where do you want to start with this, uh, Gavin? 
the, the first thing I want to start with is, of course, Greg T. Nelson. Coach himself is the father of a family that seems way too okay with supernatural stuff happening in their house. Like, I would have moved way before anything bad started happening, way before Carol Ann, way mm-hmm. before she got kidnapped by a closet. I would have been gone. Well, he was like, nobody's going in the kitchen until I figure out what's going on in there. <laughs> type thing when they got the some cat like you know those those boosters on like mario kart where you hit the track and it boosts it you up a little bit mm-hmm. that's very much what that was so that and that scene where they're sliding chairs and through that that's like a sliding puzzle on any rpg game you've ever played <laughs> is we got to get the thing to slide so we can move the other slide what you don't see is they slide it in the correct order and behind the scenes a, a panel opened and they get a rupee uh, <laughs> because they solved it I, I i forgot just how how much this movie tries to go after kids Cause there is a there there's a scene where first off I would not build my house to the most haunted tree you have ever seen mm-hmm. like that tree outside their house there's he tries to give an entire story about it's an old tree it's it's been here for a while it's a very friendly tree it's like that tree has a knife and is smoking a cigarette uh-huh. this is not a nice tree at all it is the scariest tree and. These kids are always in danger. They're yeah. always like this. The, this poltergeist does not care about the adult. It just wants to fight the kids. It wants their life force. <laughs> the uh, beast. The tree very much uh, feels like an asshole version of uh, the trees from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the like tree beard or whatever. Or it's like, <laughs> get, get, come here, young hobbit. But that entire that entire scene was incredibly intense. And I, I it'd been a few years since I watched this. So I forgot that a whole ass tree tries to kidnap and eat a child. Mm-hmm. And that's a you can't really fight back against a tree. A tr- yeah, a tree's the tree, and it's it's like what short of a chainsaw? Like yeah, th- there's not much you you can do to fight back if, if a tree kidnaps you. lightning if you can conjure some of that up you know like and i, and it, I feel like this movie and the tree including this movie is very much to me seems like a bunch of sketches that got put together and i say sketches and like like how you would like write a movie but we got this funny situation and we move on to the other situation. They had a bunch of scares, I feel like, that they put together. And this movie is kind of one scare after another. And it's, you know, you've got the clown, you got the tree, the chairs, the 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 the, the face peeling scene. Like this yeah. is like a bunch of sketches they put together to form a movie. And it's not usually when that happens, you can tell. But I, I feel like they were going from scare to scare. And I don't hate that this movie's kind of nonstop stuff going on. Yeah. At times, though, it did feel a little disjointed. And it was a little, uh, it's a it's a very slow movie. They they try to get, get the scares, but it does feel at times like it's chugging along. It, when, yeah, it ramps up for sure. But it's once they get there, I think it's not yeah. the worst. But this is a, what, a two hour movie? Yeah, I, and it it feels long. It feels longer than two hours. It did. If if I felt like they could have cut something out, but I, also I think that's what you would get during the eighties. You know, it's like it's got to be two hours. You know, <laughs> it's, it's their only night out with a night on the town. They got a <laughs> sitter for this. We got to give them their entertainment. Some producer with a cigar in his mouth was like, "Give me pictures of Spider Man and two hour <laughs> movies." <laughs> there, you, the kids won't go unless there's two hour movies. <laughs> It's hard to even talk about Poltergeist because outside of the main family, they bring in the paranormal investigators, but I always forget that's a thing that happens in this. Mm -hmm. And they just become live-in paranormal investigators. Yeah. Oh, oh, paranormals. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very, you you should get a shirt with that on it. Yeah, I'm wearing it right now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I was trying to fit it in somehow, some way. But yeah, they was this. I, I'm sure there are other movies where they brought in the paranormal investigators. Probably before this, I'd have to look it up. Was like, I think Amityville did it for sure. The I don't know haunting, if they maybe. Yeah, I don't know if Amityville brought in a paranormal. I know Amityville brings in uh, 
a priest who gets attacked by flies. But that's about all I remember from that. Poltergeist for me, like I said, it, it's a weird movie to talk about because I enjoy it, but it's hard to kind of like with Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street. You can kind of go beat by beat, kind of do a mm-hmm. recap of it, but it's kind of hard to because even though I watched this just three nights ago, it's hard to remember what order things go in. Yeah, where where it's like, okay, I know the clowns at the end, the trees kind of towards the front half, but mm-hmm. when does the when does the closet eat Carol Ann? That's like midway through the movie. And I do want to clarify, I didn't mean the haunting. I meant the changeling. Okay. With George C. Scott. And that, I looked it up, came out in 1980. So it wasn't like the the first to bring in the paranormal mm-hmm. team, but it was like, it, like in my timeline of movies, this happens pretty early compared to uh, Insidious or whatever, you know? Yes. But it's, it, it's, it's hard to like remember what happens when, because then also... I this to me in my head this movie has a false ending right there like it ends that she says the house is clean mm-hmm. and then then there's more movie after that yeah, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's not and clean it's not clean and i the family dynamic in this is very very good i feel like they're a real family i i like all the characters i think heather o'rourke as carol ann is just adorable yeah, just just we think she's very she got that good amount of like angelic and also creepy with the there here. Also, let us just remember a simpler time when TV station would go off the air in the middle of the night and play the national anthem for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't that, never that, forget where you are. Never. <laughs> this is America. Now, if you're ready to go to bed, stand up and take your hat off and yeah. pay homage to this great nation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to just cover your significant scares? Because there's no what there's. I was gonna say kills. Uh, how, does anybody die in this movie? No, no. Everybody who's dead in this movie is already dead prior to yeah. the movie starting, and it's just kind of like a fun little haunted house movie. You got some scares there. The visual effects are pretty good for what the mm-hmm. for, for nine nineteen eighty two. I thought some of the creature designs were really was, really cool. There was one where I was like. This is great, but also you can tell it's fake. And yeah. of course it's all fake, but what's, what's the one that jumps out to you, Gavin? I mean, the face peeling is, is the scare that gets me because mm-hmm. the other scares in this movie, and one of the things that we talked about on, on this podcast with, with, with Jaws and some of the other ones, this was PG, mm-hmm. Parental Guidance. And they, it was going to be rated R, but they lobbied for it to be PG. So they made it. What a huge difference that is. I know. It's like it got labeled. Here's, here's a, it got the rating of a number one and really it's supposed to be number 10. Yes. It's it's like, let's meet at five. If that's the case. Yeah. And PG 13 was not created yet. Mm -hmm. So, so that was not a, so is either either parental guidance suggested or RoboCop, <laughs> like a RoboCop is R. So it's like there's there, there's no way in between. So they went with PG, and I I feel it's it's a pretty PG movie most of the way through. It's mm-hmm. just some some jump scares, a tree eating a boy, whatever. Then a man peels his goddamn face off, <laughs> and, and it, it's so out of I forgot that scene was happening until it started. I was like, wait a second, this man. Well, oh oh yeah, this man is just peeling his face right the hell off yeah and that that was the scene where i was like this is a great scare but it's this clearly a dummy head this man is clearly peeling off a potato clay off of a a potato head and it's it's like maybe it's me just being like in the year 2022 where i've seen excellent effects and it's it's hard for me to appreciate when i can tell it's a dummy even though i'm like this is still great effect but it's part of me was like that's a dummy you know yeah i have this i had the same reaction seeing this face peeling as i do in the scene in the first terminator movie which came out two years later mm-hmm. where the t-800 arnold schwarzenegger is like cutting his eye out mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it, it's gross and it's bloody but you're like this is clearly a plaster head yeah <laughs> this is not arnold schwarzenegger especially when it cuts back to his real face so quickly it's mm-hmm. like this. I think I can tell where they where they made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, I still think like, well, and I, you know, I've not seen every movie, but I'm like, well, I've not seen this type of scare where it just, just the guy's face just comes off. You know, yeah, it is a lot for 
and it's so out of left field like mm-hmm. ghost stuff and uh, like trees but a man peels his face off in gory detail like drips it in the sink with the blood you see yeah. his skull and it goes on for a while after eating a maggot steak and a yeah. piece of chicken and who lays a, a who lays it just a piece of meat on the counter <laughs> well i mean it's a really nice house it's pretty new and, and she and she seems to keep house pretty mother freeling seems, seems to be doing a pretty good job keeping house did this guy bring his own steak to this house or is he just taking somebody's steak out of their fridge I like to think he brought it and that the paranormal <laughs> researching is going really well. He's like, what's for lunch today? Oh, you know, just a steak. Just- if I, I invited you over to my house, Gavin, you stayed here before. Yeah. If I just had some high end meat in the fridge, <laughs> would you just be like, let me go ahead and grab one of these real quick without asking. Absolutely not. I have to ask before <laughs> I, I ask if I like, can I get one of these Mountain Dews? And yeah. you're like, you're like, no. No, I actually think I sent you home with that whole case. It was that uh... <laughs> I had he has the Mountain Dew voodoo. Oh, so one of them, uh, I put the case in my in my backseat. This was last October of 2021. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I guess one of them rolled out and I, I, had a, I had a voodoo that was like in my car for like <laughs> seven months. I did not drink it. Uh, I was like, this, this, this has been hot, cold, yeah. hot, cold. It's, it's been from negative 10 degrees to 100. <laughs> Let me go ahead drink this down real quick <laughs> real thirsty uh well one of the things that's that was the most unsettling and scary to me was and it's probably the most simple thing was the chairs mm-hmm. like the 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 you know they're not pushing the chairs in and then they cut away from the table and back and now they're stacked and yeah. part of me maybe was unsettled because i'm like how did they do that because i looked to see if it was one shot you know mm-hmm. And the closer you look, you can see like the plant in the corner mm-hmm. was like bumped by somebody because it moves. Mm-hmm. But you could also just attribute that to a poltergeist. Yes. But apparently what they did is there's a crew there <clears throat> and they put the chairs up, but they were pre-assembled that way. Oh. So that, you know, but it's still to me very unsettling of like, it's not malicious, but it's also like, that's not natural. You know, that's yeah. the yeah if i come home and my chairs are stacked or like is that feeling when you put your keys down and then you look away and you look back and your keys are gone yeah and you're like it, it's more so the the simpler the scare and the more it's just a ghost messing with you the the scarier it is where yeah. it's like like why'd you open my mail like, <laughs> like, like, like what did, what did you gain from seeing my water bill poltergeist <laughs> When uh, and one of the things that you know they say ghosts and poltergeists will just open the cabinets in a place. So when I lived with my roommate Phil in college, he was somewhat OCD. So we would be standing in the kitchen, and I would just slowly like open the cabinets, <laughs> and then but then just leave them because I knew it messed with him. <laughs> so then sl- slowly throughout the conversation, he'd be closing them unaware of that's what I was doing was opening them. <laughs> But can you, you imagine are, just you're walking? the you're, you're the noisy ghost. You are I that know. shitty roommate. Uh can you imagine if you just walked into your house and all the cabinets are open? Like because mm. nothing nothing about that is malicious, but it's not natural. You know, it's yeah. not it's not they're not supposed to be that way. And it'd be one thing if there was like a dead body on the floor, then you're cl- it's clearly this is bad. Yeah, but if the cabinets are open, it's just like is this bad or <laughs> what, like what happened? Is, are they trying to send me a message? Is there something I should be looking for in the cabinet? What, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I need a, um, signs unclear poltergeist. I need more information on this. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. But, but yeah, the face peeling scene is dead, definitely like just out of nowhere. And just, uh, I do like this idea of just everything happening in the kids room which is it's, it's scary because nothing's really nobody's messing with the parents except for the the tv but just knowing that your kids are in this room with a swirling vortex of ghostness and you mm-hmm. can't get in and then your daughter like like, like your son gets eaten by a tree mm-hmm. get, gets grabbed by a tree and then then your daughter gets sent to the other place through her closet yeah well and he even shows up at the the paranormal office or whatever and he's like I haven't even gone to the cops yet. And, and I'm like, well, your child's gone missing. That's maybe the first thing I would do. But also when you think about it, 
who's going to believe you that a tree ate my son <laughs> and the closet got my daughter? <laughs> yeah, because you you know what happened. She's She got eaten by the closet. She's on another dimension right now. Mm-hmm. So you can't be like, do you have any intergalactic police? Any police that perhaps time hop or yeah. portal jump? Anything? Because they just of- give you a drug test is what they would do. Like, <laughs> and then arrest you because you did something to your child. Yeah, she's not around anymore. Yeah, that that whole scene, like, they, they took my daughter and then trying to get her back. I do love the idea that the family stays in the house and just, like, boards up the other room. Not 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 even boards it up. They, they just don't go in there. And they open the door. Yeah. And it's just, like, a bunch of, like, a tornado of shit just going around. Just a scream. Ah! Like... <laughs> But nobody else can hear it. Nobody hears that outside. No, nobody, okay. No, no, nobody's calling the cops. I feel yeah. like the. I think the guy who's who kept messing with with the remote during football. I think he would have heard that and called the cops. And that's the thing. Like that part could have been cut out of this movie, but it also like provides a, a like not even a small town charm, but like yeah. a. It's kind of a a fun thing that of like now you move your TV set type thing. You know mm-hmm. that to me. This is not a Disney movie, but I I think you can also say like Disney to me is very similar to Steven Spielberg, but the way he makes movies, a very, um, I don't know what you would like a a wholesomeness to the movie. Mm -hmm. And he's not the director, but this was, you know, his idea and he co-wrote it and was a producer. So that and that's where I think people come in and say Spielberg directed this, even though it was Toby Hooper. But it's also like, if you're Toby Hooper, are you going to be like, no, Steven, I got this type thing, you know? Yeah, because I there could be a, a power struggle there because Toby Hooper at this point had done, he, he had completed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Jaws had come out, so Steven Spielberg had Jaws. I don't know if, I, I don't know what else, because E.T. had not come out yet. They so came out like a week apart. Yeah, and that's that's why Spielberg wasn't directing this, mm-hmm. you know, and so, it, it seems odd if you're producing one and then you directed the other. Yeah, Did you put them out at the same week. I feel like you're splitting your audience, right? Yeah, I, I feel like you would for sure. But so I think there, there, there may be a power struggle there, but Steven Spielberg hadn't become Steven Spielberg quite yet. Like Jaws was a big hit. Yeah, uh, but I wish I could remember if, if he had done anything else in between. 1986 that was uh, TCM two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salem's Lot was 1979, so that's my other favorite Toby Hooper and that's thing. What I've Salem's never seen. Lot, it's very good. Okay, I've heard that. The Fun House was 1981. I have seen that. I like that. Uh, yeah. So there were some other ones that he had done, but I think it's it's very odd. Like if you're trying to make a PG movie, it's somewhat wholesome scary that you bring in the guy that did the texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> and the and the fun house also is pretty pretty scary and, and slashery yeah so toby hooper i i always forget that toby hooper did it because i like everybody else assumed it was steven spielberg yeah it uh, has a, a whole the whole feel is steven spielberg yes it, it is and that's why a lot, a lot of people think he he directed it more so than he lets on mm-hmm. but i do it has that small town charm i did forget how funny this movie is it does mm-hmm. have some genuine humor in it like the stuff with the remote uh the stuff even though it's weird like the sexual harassment it's pretty hilarious <laughs> <laughs> or that, like the stuff with the remote control cars and the beer like if I was that guy riding my bike and they're driving remote control cars around me, sorry about your cars, but it's like, yeah. I'm going to hit them. You know? Yeah, these, like, these kids are just being assholes to this guy for no reason. He's, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He's just trying to get beers to the football game. Yeah. Back with a you. lot of beer, by the way, <laughs> so like... much beer. And <laughs> was, he drops the beer and then he goes, goes in with their st- with, and they're still spewing everywhere. Yeah. And it's like there's no plastic on anything. This is a new house. Why? <laughs> what are you doing? And nobody's upset about that. Like, oh, the game's on. Yeah, I got I got five hundo large riding on this, <laughs> you know. Well, and Hooper talks about, you know, this who directed what controversy type thing and. And uh, he said the genesis of it came from an article in the L.A. Times when we were shooting the practical location on the house. The first two weeks of filming were exterior. So I had a second uh, unit 
uh, shooting stuff that had to be picked up in the front of the house. I was in the back of the house shooting Robbie uh, and the tree looking down at the burial of the little Tweety bird as Stephen was picking up the shots up for me uh, up front. The LA times arrived uh, on the set and printed something like, we don't know who's directing this picture. The moment uh, they got there, Stephen was shooting the first shot of the little cars out front. And from there, everybody was obsessed uh, about, you know, writing their own legend. He said, really, that is my knowledge of it because I was making the movie. And then I started hearing all the stuff after it was finished. Well, um, and, go ahead. And even like when it came out, like Steven Spielberg had a, an open letter in uh, one of the, the magazines saying like, you know, Hey, essentially you did a great job and I'm happy with it. Like it was an open letter to Toby Hooper and like a variety or whatever it was, you know, dear penthouse, Mr. <laughs> Hooper. <laughs> there was, a, it was me and two other construction workers. <laughs> and- we saw this girl going to school with her book belt. <laughs> Uh, and another another thing is that the view is bolstered by various statements Spielberg made about this involvement, including an L.A. Times quote on uh, May 24th, 82. He said, Toby isn't a take charge sort of guy. If a question was asked and an answer wasn't immediately forthcoming, I'd jump in and say what we could do. Toby would nod in agreement. And that became the process of collaboration. It's, it's also Spielberg is like one of the writers and a producer. So it's just hard to, what are we going to tell him? No, you know, like, <laughs> no, get out of here. Uh, so it was the, the Hollywood reporter, by the way, I found that, the East, uh, that article about how the open letter, you know, so, okay. um, yeah, it's ad- admittedly, I don't know how you feel. This feels very Steven Spielberg, right? It, like it does feel, it, it looks almost exactly like E.T., from the mm-hmm. shots in the kitchen to just the overall filter of how it looks. And I could see the ET family living in the exact same neighborhood and mm-hmm. it looking exactly the same. So it does have that very clean, safe, fun feel to it. Yeah. Like a Steven Spielberg movie. And so I can definitely see why people often mistake that it was Steven Spielberg because he was so heavily involved in, in the making and, mm-hmm. and, and creation of the, of the film. And here's here's that open letter. It says, regrettably, some of the press has misunderstood their rather unique creative relationship, which you and I shared throughout the making of Poltergeist. I enjoyed your openness and allowing me as a writer and a producer a wide berth for creative involvement, just as I know you were happy with the freedom you and uh, you had to direct uh, Poltergeist so wonderfully. Through the screenplay, you accepted a vision of this very intense movie from the start, and as the director, you delivered the goods. You perform responsibly and professionally throughout, and I wish you great success on your project. So it's like, yeah, Toby just made the movie that they wrote. Yeah, and like that's a really nice open letter, Lila. Like that's very nice of him to to do that. He he didn't have to. No. That's a, that's a very nice thing that that he did for old Toby Hooper. Old Toby Hooper. Yeah. Would you and we could maybe this for a topic for another podcast. But like what what is your what's the best Toby Hooper movie? Would you say, Gavin? Oh, based on what I've seen. Oh, I know he did. the. I think he did the toolbox murders. I have not seen that, but I, I own it. It's one of those things that I bought it on sale and I never watched it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the fun house. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Probably, I really think Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is, is a lot better than the first one. Okay. So, I, so probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 would probably be the thing I, I enjoy the most bad that he's done of what I've seen. I would, I mean, I would say either Salem's Lot or or TCM, but like, you know, TCM's always in the conversation for like the greatest horror movie. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't agree, you could probably say it's TCM is like, one of the you know one of the better ones either way you go but i i would say like out of all the movies i would say if you look at poltergeist i'm like this is not really along the lines of what he does but it was also he it wasn't his script it was making somebody else's you know yeah so i i would i i, I just like texas chainsaw massacre too because it's so different and so weird yeah it, it, it's not what anybody was expecting 
Yeah, I like it because it's got so much screaming in it, Gavin. <laughs> that's what I like about it. And uh, speaking of weird and unexpected, the MVP of this movie is Zelda Rubenstein. The minute she walks in with her four foot six frame and the just, voice, like the voice, <laughs> the evil is gone from here. Just the minute she steps on screen as Tangina, it's business is about to pick up because she comes in with a plan. She's like, the beast wants them. Uh, <laughs> that's not a good voice. I'm not doing I'm not doing it very well at all. I sound more like a witch. You, you like have to smoke a lot. And I don't yeah. like it just her because it's almost and I almost I looked it up and I'm not this may sound like a shitty thing, but I'm like, was she a munchkin? She I thought so as well. OK, yeah. so, so what I did find out. Because I was like, was she? She wasn't. She was not alive when that came out. Okay. Uh, because I think Wizard of Oz came out in like the 30s. Yeah. Like, like it's old as shit. Uh, but she was in, I think it was, was it under the, it was under the rainbow. Okay. Either, which was a, which was a behind the scenes thing of, the making of the Wizard of Oz from okay. the Munchkin's perspective. So she was involved in something that was Wizard of Oz related. Because I saw it, I was like, man, her voice is, is she's just short. Like, mm -hmm. uh, she's short. She's got the voice. She looks like she could represent the Lollipop Guild. So yeah, I absolutely understand because that's what I, that, that's the first thing I thought because the age seemed to be about right, but mm -hmm. she wasn't born until I believe the the 50s or like 40s or 50s after was the movie had been out. Under the Rainbow was that because there's a the the series on Shutter is like it's cursed movies. Mm -hmm. Poltergeist is on that list. Was the other one that just came out or was in the Wizard of Oz movie and they dealt with uh, like the Wizard of Oz version and they dealt with uh under the rainbow was like another cursed movie that was in there yeah they mentioned under the rainbow as something that kind of sullied the wizard of oz because yeah. the, the cursed film talks about the alleged hanging of a monster on the set that, that you can see which happened one. by the way it happened <laughs> i seen it i seen it <laughs> <laughs> munchkins can't melt steel beams i keep telling mm -hmm. you that <laughs> they can't do it they can't do it lizard people <laughs> but that's that's the whole thing and i guess under the rainbow talked about just mostly the munchkins were portrayed and stories came out about how they, they were just horny horny people and drunk just people and drunk people boozing it up just the, the tiniest orgies that your eyes have ever seen <laughs> i assume I'm making a lot of assumptions for history right now, but that kind of slate as well. So, so she wasn't that, but not the original wizard of Oz. Cause I was like, man, this lady had to be a munchkin, right? Like, <laughs> like I, right. Which one was she? And she was like a main munchkin, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like what a presence and like her, she speaks very similarly to like Dr. Loomis. Like, <laughs> no, like he'll right. be like, it's gone. The evil is gone. Like the way she speaks is very, like, I would love to see like a duo of Zelda and Dr. Uh, Loomis Loomis just in a detective, like they're hunting killers and stuff. <laughs> they're hunting go ghosts and killers. The evil is gone from here. It's gone. I, it's left. Yeah. This well. house is clean. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, I just imagine them both racking shotguns and saying like, <laughs> the evil is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it is clean. Six mm. times. <laughs> Seven for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a good one. But she has a plan. She's like, all right, we got to get some rope. We got to mm -hmm. go into the closet. We're going to have that. They, they start doing all kinds of science. They're like throwing tennis balls through the yeah. portal and goop coming out. And but it doesn't somehow feel like Home Alone with what we had a Nightmare on Elm Street last week. Yeah, they aren't setting a bunch of traps for the for, for the beast. They're yeah. not. They're not setting trip wires and stuff. <laughs> uh, my favorite line in the entire movie is, "I have to go in for her," and she's like, "No, I should. I'm her mother." And mm -hmm. she's like, "I have to go. I've never. You've never done this before." And she's like, "You haven't either." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, you go." Like, yeah, yeah. 
Who, it's like, okay. You wouldn't you didn't talk about that before you opened the intermension interdimensional closet? <laughs> like you didn't have a plan before then? I'm still not sure how the plan actually goes. You just tie a rope and just go through. I guess you once you're in there, you kind of see where the portal goes. I know I would get in there and just lose all sense of direction. Yeah. And be like, all right, Caroline, where are you at? Okay. Uh now where where's the exit? Uh, just, we, we're we're in here now Have, can we ask somebody can we ask someone i would just start building a house because i live there now like, <laughs> i like, guess hey, i'm here hey beast how's it going you still got <laughs> no you you get out of here you don't yeah. come in our yard trying to eat my carol ann how you doing fellas you know <laughs> the ones that were buried here one of my one of the like you said it's a lot of sketches where we we move from the face ripping and the trees into goo yeah so much goo when when you travel through the inner dimension uh goo and what what appeared to be the asshole of sauron (laughs) those are my two complete lord of the rings uh references you got the tree (laughs) and then the goo from whatever like and then they're like all right wake up breathe breathe and then like the mom wakes up but Kara Ann is still not awake. I'm like, what about the girl? Like, everybody's like, woo. I'm like, well, what about her? We we just did a whole thing to get her back. There was ropes and tennis balls, and now she's not waking up. Maybe do some, uh, maybe do some CPR. Try that yeah. a little bit. Uh, and uh, also, I did want to point out that the dog's name is E-Buzz. Mm-hmm. E-Buzz. A little known fact, E-Buzz was the same uh, golden retriever from the opening of uh, the Goosebumps. Are you uh, serious? No, but it sounds right, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Like if I, I said that confidently enough, people would believe me. <laughs> I was like, well, for a second, I was like, I'm doing the math in my head. Yeah, that dog I'm would like, be dead by the time. <laughs> I'm like, that dog did that at 25 years old? <laughs> And you're like, yeah, he was also one of the Airbuds. Uh, yeah, it was an Airbud two, Airbud two. They couldn't sign him on for the for the first one, but that yeah. sequel money was too good to pass up. <laughs> <laughs> you, what the hell? You just <laughs> making shit up? And I was like, I was like, okay, really, <laughs> really. <laughs> but it sounds good, right? What a weird thing to lie about, too. And just be, like, hey, did you know? That uh, ju- that the dog from Poltergeist was the same dog from the opening credits of Goosebumps. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this. I saw Frank the Pug from Men in Black. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was in a Purina commercial. It's like, oh no shit, huh? No, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, oh wow, that's I could totally believe that he did that. <laughs> God, just I love your low stakes lying. I love it because <laughs> people believe it, and they. It, if I hadn't corrected you, people would have been like, I heard on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the, the dog is the same from Goosebumps? And, goes, and, then, arr, 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 arr. <laughs> and then somebody would be like, I did hear that. But then they only heard it from a guy who also listened to the podcast. <laughs> we have three people who listen and they're all just telling each other the same. Yep. I haven't listened yet. Be like, well, we'll <laughs> Let me tell you, they're going to blow your mind with a Goosebumps poltergeist connection. <laughs> Um, oh. What do you? How do you feel about the trap? Do, do you buy this trap of, or however, to get get them out of the, the uh, Caroline out of the dimension? I think so. I yeah, getting her out with with the rope, and then do that, and then they still almost get eaten by the beast who shows up outside the door. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just a lot going on. And this is where you you kind of mentioned that they have like the fake ending, like they cleanse it, mm-hmm. and the evil is gone. Everything's clean. And then the movie keeps going. Yeah. Because they don't go to the holiday inn like they were explicitly told to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and pack these boxes. And then they let the one teenage daughter go. They're like, are you all packed up? And they're like, all right, go ahead. I'm like, dude, dude if that were my parents, I'd have to stick around till every box was on that loading <laughs> truck, like that moving truck, right? Like yeah. they're not going to let me go do fun things. <laughs> also, they've, they've been through a very traumatic experience. You'd want them all to like hang out together. Yeah. You're like, listen, we're going to need to stay together as a family for at least the next six months. <laughs> no, no friends over. We're just going to huddle and really hunker down yeah. just to make sure everything's good for a while. 
I do like that subtle joke of, uh, yeah, we're going to stay at the uh, Holiday Inn. And the daughter's like, oh, I remember that one. And then <laughs> the mom's like, what? And she's like, nothing. So she's she's hung out at this Holiday Inn with the boy that's picking her up. Oh, there we go. And that's and the boys hang out with three construction workers. And those are the same construction workers from the Goosebumps opening credits. <laughs> you know, the Goosebumps opening credit. I love when the one construction worker played the cuckoo clock of doom. Yeah. I was like, can you believe they got this full grown man to play a cuckoo clock? What yeah. range? And That's... that man's name, Daniel Day-Lewis. I could <laughs> not believe it. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> R -r 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 -r. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like the I like the test. I like that somehow a guy watching all the monitors has music blaring when <laughs> sound seems like an important part that you would want to just pick up during the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, what a what a real slacker. What a what a guy who's just like you're already a paranormal re researcher and then you're slacking off on a job where nothing usually happens. Yeah. Uh, and and then after like the the house is clean type thing, and then then you get the mom like up on the ceiling getting attacked. Yeah, this is our second movie in a row where we've got people want dancing on the ceiling, <laughs> everybody dancing. And I I remember last week we're like, I think this was the first movie to do that, not not on Elm Street. And then this <laughs> week we're like, well, two years earlier, yeah, yeah, they were but doing the same thing, done less bloody. They couldn't have been done differently. Yeah, it was. They think they're safe and they're not because the mother th that ghost was getting real fresh too. like lifts her shirt up. Yeah. And I'm like, like, oh, is this like a an incubus type thing that has sex <laughs> with it? I'm like, don't do that. That's nobody's asking for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was very, very strange. And then everybody's getting kidnapped and locked in rooms and just the clown doll, which mm -hmm. why would you own that to begin with? There is nothing friendly about that clown doll. No. It just, it, it exists to sit in your room and creep you out. It is, there's no way he's just having a casual Sunday afternoon playing with the creepiest clown mm -hmm. ever to be made. That's like a grandma gift, I think, of like, oh, he'll like this. It and is the, the scariest clown from my <laughs> childhood. The Krampus yeah. brought me this. <laughs> uh, and th then it just sits in the the corner or in the chair or whatever, and then gets him. Yeah, and he gets he, he gets choked out. Like he's got a rear naked choke, and <laughs> Big John McCarthy isn't there there to stop it. Like nope. he he's tapping out, and they're and they're letting it go. They're letting the fight go. Let's see where this goes. And he just <laughs> faces blue. <laughs> he he's gonna he's gonna pass guard and get top position here. I think he's gonna get out of it, Joe. Um, and the, the, I get we didn't really talk about the big, you know, twister reveal of you know, coach as I like to call him, coach. Yeah, uh, is been sick, and his boss comes over. Uh played by the, the guy from Return of the Living Dead, couldn't tell you his name, uh, <laughs> Bert or, or Ernie, one of the characters from there, um, which are the real names, by the way, Gavin. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm not going to look it up. But he's like, oh, I think we're going to lose you, so we'd like to make you a partner and then build your house up here, and then it's revealed that this was all cemetery. Yeah, and they're like, don't worry, don't worry. We moved everything. We moved it. Mm -hmm. We're good. And then turns out you didn't, you moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. You didn't move the bodies. And that is when the house gets really mad and just starts popping up skeletons out the ground from everywhere. Yeah. What those are great. Like I, I really enjoyed the, just the dead popping up all over. I thought it was a great, a great effect and a great concept. Yeah. And I know <laughs> we are the first person to ever say this about poltergeist but did you know the skeletons were real <laughs> oh, what used, i know they used real skeletons because they were cheaper than fake skeletons which really sets a weird price on a human life <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like you you can get a 60 dollars spooky plastic skeleton or a former human who used to yeah. be alive who had hopes dreams family friends 
for $30. Which one do you want? I would love my body to be donated to science and or Hollywood. <laughs> if Listen, if, if you can't take my organs, make me pop up in a ghost movie. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's what I want. It's what I want. Scatter my ashes on the set after it's over with. Um, yeah, I just, I love the, the concept of the, the, the coffins popping up, but like, who's first off, how do they not find a coffin in the back when they're digging the whole pool? How far are these bodies? (laughs) How do they, how do they find the one like pools are big? Like, how are you not like how you only bury them six feet deep. And that pool looks to be about. 10 Seven. feet deep yeah, like, like, you should be hitting bodies yeah you should be hitting bodies but they're they managed to find the the plot of land where there's just no bodies yeah they're like no we're good there's nothing here and like if you're i don't i don't know the logistics gavin of moving a whole cemetery but i imagine there's a representative from the local government that's like i don't know checking to see if you move the bodies <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to get my metal detector out here. Yeah, it seems like there's no bodies left behind. Yeah. Just moving the headstones. The the logistics behind moving a cemetery would be really rough. So I understand that they cut the corner on that. Like, I get it. Fiscally, <laughs> I get it. It's a lot of work. I, oh, money bags over here. <laughs> listen, the beaches are open. We're all having a good time. It's a point <laughs> July weekend. We got these tourism dollars coming in. Everybody's having a great time. This that's the same character. The mayor they, from Jaws is the guy who's building all these phase fives and oh, poltergeists. They're, they're brothers or at least friends. <laughs> they're like, hey, hey, mayor, uh, I got this great opportunity. Listen, it, it might it'll, it'll cost more to move the bodies. Should <laughs> we move the bodies? He's like, nah, you're good. Just leave them. What's gonna happen? You know what? Let's feed them to my shark. No, that's good. Land <laughs> shark. We'll we'll pull Jaws over and we'll let them just gobble them up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that is it's, it's so ridiculous. Like just a moving a cemetery seems like a nightmare. Yeah, like I and I'm sure it's been done. But oh, yeah. it's like you can't imagine like I can't imagine somebody being like that's their first thing to do is let's go ahead and move all this stuff. <laughs> like I've seen enough documentaries to know that it takes a lot to just exhume one body <laughs> and then put it back, let alone <laughs> uh 2000 you know relocate and some of those caskets have got to be falling apart and these mm-hmm. bodies can't be good it, if you mix up the body parts that that could be a whole thing yeah uh, it's if, a, if you mislabel somebody what a mess just i i can't i've had trouble putting ikea together i mean the more we think about it like i get it i get it like yes the family was in danger and it was only the one house yeah <laughs> They the rest of the neighborhood's like I guess they must have just been congregating in that one hole. They just <laughs> they just they dug one hole and they're like, let's dump fifty bodies in there and call it a day. Uh, I guess the whole the story is similar to a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, Richard Matheson wrote the Twilight Zone episode "Little Girl Lost," which was about a little girl who goes into another dimension through her bedroom wall. Uh, Matheson has said Poltergeist was inspired by the episode, but never received any credit for it. I've not seen that episode, but I I, haven't either. I can imagine. Oh, somebody went through the wall. That's kind of a similar thing, you know? Yeah. Also, Simpsons did it. Probably. Simpsons did it. (laughs) But Uh, I like Poltergeist. I think what we can talk about now, if you want to, is the curse, the mm -hmm. curse of Poltergeist, which is almost which is probably just as famous as the movie like i said i watched the documentary the curse of poltergeist because so much stuff happened on set that Mm -hmm. made it seem like they should not be making this movie so similar to the stuff that happened on the set of the exorcist uh where they're like is is satan actually here on set is he actually directing this movie i heard william friedkin weekend (laughs) yeah and was shooting guns off in people's (laughs) ears And I actually heard that William Friedkin actually directed Poltergeist. I don't know if you know know this, but uh, William Friedkin Weekend also goes yeah. by the pseudonym R.L. Stein. That's true. Who, who wrote the Goosebumps books. 
<laughs> yeah, some people claim that uh, Steven Spielberg directed this movie. I claim that William Friedkin did. <laughs> oh, wow. What a. I like to out crazy the crazies. Yeah. So <laughs> I've lost my train of thought, you asshole. No. Uh, cursed, cursed. Cursed. Yeah. I can't remember now. Yours hit, hit me with all these fun facts that are also lies. Sorry, I'm just being too fun over here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're too on right now in your <laughs> skits. <laughs> but cursed of poltergeist. Uh, Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, died tragically at the uh, age of 12. At the age of 12, while shooting Poltergeist 3, she had a misdiagnosed, uh, blocked uh, intestine where mm-hmm. she went from just being a little tired and sick to being, she literally went from being diagnosed with the flu to being dead in like two days, Ugh. which is which is crazy. And it's so sad because she really is the heart of this movie. Like we joke about others, but she is so good at such a young age. The mm-hmm. they're, they're here is iconic. And she was only six years old when this was happening. She beat out Drew Barrymore for the part uh, because Drew Barrymore didn't seem angelic enough. However, and Drew Barrymore would look at the part in E.T. from mm-hmm. her audition in this. A little fun factoid about that. But Heather Rourke dying tragically. And then I think even sadder, um, like right after this movie came out, the actress who played the sister, uh, the older sister, actually died because her she had broken up with her ex-boyfriend and they were trying to get back together or something. And Do- Dominique Dunn was her name. And they, they were talking and he actually choked her to death. And she didn't die right away. He choked her for like four to six minutes. She passed out. And then she went, went to the hospital and never woke up. Uh, uh, like that's worse. Yeah, that's so, I mean, her the little girl dying is, is tragic, but being, having this big movie come out and like having your life change and then being mm-hmm. murdered by your ex-boyfriend, like so soon after, like this movie came out in- Five months in, after the, the yeah, film's Yeah, five release. months after, yeah. And it's just so, so sad. And the even more screwed up part is he was supposed to serve a lot of years. He only ended up serving like three and a half years or something crazy for actual murder. Yeah. Like he killed a person- and then did like three years. So and then, and then like there's uh, there's people in the in the sequels that that went on to die as well, and yeah. you know, and the people today, Gavin, are still dying from this movie. Can you believe that? <laughs> I cannot believe that people today are still passing away. There, there's also the, the malfunction of the clown. Like the clown started choking the boy. Oh really? Yeah. Like there, there's a mechanical failure, so he was actually getting choked, and they're like. He said, That's I can't great. Yeah. He said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And they're like, yeah. Oh, he's improving. Yeah. Daniel day, Daniel day Lewis <laughs> really, really chewing up this scene. Yeah. And he's like, no. And then they started turning blue and they're like, Oh, something is very wrong. Yeah. He's, He's not that good of an actor. Another uh, reason that supports William Friedkin directing this movie. Yeah. Somebody he, getting hurt for real. He's like, really push them down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And then Stanley Kubrick showed up and just traumatized Shelley Duvall. They had no idea they, they were going to be there. He, he yeah. saw her on set and started yelling at her for no reason. Um, and then you do you think at Craig T. Nelson's funeral, they're going to be like, Poltergeist finally got him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they're they going to be like, coach finally got fired. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah that's. Oh, man. But yeah, the the curse of Poltergeist is very interesting, and like I know the 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 preacher from the second movie died shortly after, and just weird tragic things happen. I'm and some people do die of old age, but it's just yeah. so weird to be connected to this franchise, and then everybody keeps dying. Yeah, and it's and it's also like oh, there's a you know a good reason that there are real skeletons and stuff in it. Yeah, you know? it's not and, just like freak accidents. Yeah, and they thought that the the real skeletons like angered God or the devil or the cursed or something so Mm -hmm. maybe don't if you have a choice between saving some money on skeletons or getting Mm -hmm. cursed just pay for the more expensive skeletons is is the moral of that story (laughs) (laughs) um did you have any uh oh shit moments gavin i mean the only oh shit moment that this movie has really for me is the man peeling his face off because that is just mm-hmm. so out of left field. It doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie at all. Mm-hmm. This, this poor paranormal researcher just trying to eat some steak, some <laughs> Wagyu beef mm-hmm. <laughs> at night. And then he's peeling his own face off and just so much going on there. 
Um, so that's going to be, be my oh shit moment for sure. What, what about you? I would say that the face or I just love the chairs. It's a, such a simple thing mm-hmm. that sh- the thing that should not be, but it is. <laughs> Just you should not have the chairs. Chairs should not move like that. So yeah, I I, I definitely get it. Um, as far as recommendations go, if you well, like, we got to the... talk about the kills, Gavin. The kills. Oh, the kills. You're right. <laughs> let's let's get to the kills. None. Uh, uh-huh. none. Zero. Zero kills, unless you count the dead Skelly boys. Well, even the girls. the the boss doesn't even get his really. Yes, it's a very. <laughs> There's no murders or fatalities in this movie whatsoever. But so, it's it's also like if like this, what is this? Would you say is in the top 30 scariest movies? I think some people would put it in like the top 15, probably. And that's probably due to like seeing it as a kid. And that's part that's part of the scares of any movie is your emotional attachment to it. But like for a movie that where nobody dies, I think I'd have to watch back and be like, you know, watch for that. For sure, but it's like yeah. nobody dies in this movie. No, there there's in constant peril. The bird, the bird dies. That's the yeah, R.I.P. Bird. That's <laughs> a funny scene too, where she's gonna flush the bird, and Caroline's like, "What? Yeah, can we get a a, a fish?" <laughs> um, and then what was the the, the uh, recommendations? What are your recommendations for this? If you like this, what else should you watch? The Conjuring for sure. I think okay. the con- I think the Conjuring is really the spiritual successor to Poltergeist family gets attacked by ghosts uh the polter uh the conjuring is a thousand times scarier mm-hmm. than this uh, it's very very intense actually the conjuring even though there's no sex or swearing in the conjuring it's still rated r just because it is so frightening and so intense yeah so in 1983 it would have been rated g mm-hmm. uh, they would like <laughs> bring the bring the family out for for the clapping game um <laughs> So I think I, I think the Conjuring would have been really really good. I think the Con- Conjuring is a great one. I also would recommend um, the others. The others is a movie that gets <laughs> overlooked a lot. Nicole Kidman. Uh, I think that's a really fun one with the uh, ghost uh, really haunting a prehistoric family. Mm-hmm. And then just just your typical like paranormal activity. Probably yeah. the second one just because it has like a bigger family. I guess. Um, I would say the like the insidious uh, movies mm-hmm. where they kind of, you know, somebody will get taken, then they kind of go into that spirit world mm-hmm. and see. Um, and I think all those are pretty good. Uh, I would say The Conjuring for sure. The first one um, and The Changeling. I would say that The Changeling is one of my favorite uh you know it's kind of similar what the, they brought in the paranormal team but just the haunting uh elements of like a ball a ball rolling across the floor is not that menacing but it's also that shouldn't be doing that you know yeah it's like a the two sentence horror like the two sentence horror stories where mm-hmm. it's like there's nothing quite like hearing the sweet sounds of a baby laughing unless you live alone yeah it's like oh no don't like that don't like it's it's like my daughter crawled into bed and said there's something or no i walked into my daughter's room and she said there's something under the bed and i looked under the bed and my daughter looked at me saying is it still up there oh god yeah that oh no oh no that is i can't sleep now too spooky for me that is oh no uh, and I've not seen Poltergeist one or two or two or three is what I meant. I I tried to watch them, but they weren't available on any streaming thing. And we have all uh, of them. <laughs> and we have all of that. Yeah, they were on HBO for a while, and then they they knew we were doing this podcast. It bounces. So they, that second one bounces between Hulu and HBO Max all the time. Okay, I probably should have looked on Hulu because I have that too. But <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you you looked one place. You're like, is it on HBO Max? Then I'm out. No, thank you. No, and I, I looked for those before I even rewatched this one for this show. So I've heard the second one is very good. Well, it's got uh, the preacher guy. That guy's scary. Yeah. And uh, but I've just I've, I've always meant to get around to them and then just don't. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I would say watch those and I'm sure there's plenty more. But this is I like this movie, that, but this doesn't like hold a special place in my heart. You know? Yeah. Do you think it's a scary movie? Yeah. But I like 
I also watched it as an adult. So after watching a bunch of horror movies, so did it scare me? No, but is it scary? Yes. Yeah. Like this is one that I would definitely look forward to like watching with my niece and nephew when they're like 10 and eight. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be fun to watch it with them. Cause it's like, it's scary, but it's not like gore and swearing and no titties. And that's the th- where you lost me. So, <laughs> but that is Poltergeist. I'm glad I gave it a rewatch. I respect it as a as a genre uh, tentpole, just not one of my favorites. And I I will officially announce that this podcast is clean, Gavin. Oh, thank God! Finally, we only have 30 more minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go hang out the Holiday Inn? That's true, but we got to put the TV outside. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Give us uh, five-star reviews. Thank you for your kind words so far with this series. Uh, and re- yeah, they're coming to get you. Barbara. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, 